I am Wendy Friesen. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about depression because it is a really depressing subject and a lot of people are struggling with it, especially these days with the way the economy is and all the bad news and just, you know, the struggles in life in general. So I found an interesting article on depression that's about the genetic expression of depression. It is. Um, says, clear new insights in the, into the genetics of depression. I hope you don't mind if I read it to you just a bit. And then I'm going to tell you um, what I'm thinking about this and how this applies to how you can change your brain and direct your brain to get over depression. <clears throat> the psychologist Rollo May once described depression as the inability to construct a future. Of course, that's really fascinating to me, and I'll tell you why at the end of the article. This inability can affect up to 14 million Americans, 7% of the population. Um, this month has brought some potentially exciting news. Two genetic studies with major ramifications for the treatment and diagnosis of major depressive disorder. One new study in, uh, published in the Nature of Medicine suggests that a pathway called MAPK and one gene in particular from this pathway, MPK1, are significantly dysregulated in certain areas of the brain of individuals with major depression. These results were obtained by looking for a significant gene expression changes in post-mortem brains in 21 individuals with major depressive disorders. In other words, they cut open the brains of dead people and looked at their genes. Um, in the rat and mouse models, they showed that not only did raising MPK1 levels lead to depressive symptoms, but that antidepressant treatment reduced the expression of MPK1. Uh, they demonstrated that MPK1 increases during stress and can negatively regulate MAPK, a key signaling pathway involved in neuronal plasticity, function, and survival. So what this means is certainly the effects of stress we know create illness, affect our immune system, make us sad, depressed, and, and angry, and do all sorts of horrible things to us. But showing that the stress was what negatively affected this MAPK, resulting in a genetic change that is um, connected with depression. So it appears that MPK1 may be important in depression because when too much of it's around, it disturbs the growth and the viability of neurons in a part of the brain known as the hippocampus. This is a major factor believed to contribute to symptoms of major depression. So interesting. Dis it disturbs the growth and the viability of the neurons in the hippocampus. So if it's disturbing them, where normally you would have the kind of growth you need in your brain to keep you happy or optimistic or looking at your future, you know, um, being something that you're going to want to live in, <laughs> instead this affects it so that you don't have the ability to direct your brain like that. So anyway, I think this is, um, this is pretty interesting. And... Um, how it, how it relates to you and the neuroplasticity of your brain is what I find most fascinating. It says, for depression, these advances will be greatly welcome because even though antidepressants may be highly effective, <clears throat> the rates of adverse drug reaction can also be high, such as suicide and a host of other things. Also, patients' responses to a given drug vary greatly. Well, you know, they say that the, how did they say it? that the effects of um, antidepressants may be highly effective, you know, and we have to go back to all the things I've talked about with antidepressant drugs and how the pharmaceutical companies are manipulating their studies, hiding the studies, even getting fined and getting in trouble for hiding the studies they have that show that antidepressants have no greater effect than placebo. And in fact, in one of my videos, I talked to you about how the, in order to make their drug have a higher effect, 
they took the placebo group and they actually screened them out for people who were highly susceptible to placebo. The reason they did this is because if their drug is only performing as well as placebo, what we need to do is get people in the placebo group who are not susceptible to placebo, who don't have that kind of mind effect. Now they will get a lower response and our drug being the same will show that it's more effective than placebo. And you know, one of the things that I would like to do the most is open everybody's eyes to the ineffectiveness of antidepressants and why they're ineffective and are you really willing to trade in what little peace of mind you have for the possible suicidal tendencies and the um, obesity problem because you gain weight and that makes you even more depressed and the um, suppressing your sexual abilities and um, just so many things that are side effects. It's hard to imagine that you could decide that, okay, I want to see if I can feel a little bit better, but I want to have all these other horrible things happen as well. So now, here's something else that's really interesting. I like this lot. Okay, this is another one from CNN. It says, can meditation change your brain? Contemplative neuroscientists believe it can. Can people strengthen the brain's circuits associated with happiness and positive behavior just as we're able to strengthen muscles with exercise? Richard Davidson, who for decades has practiced Buddhist-style meditation, a form of mental exercise, he says, insists that we can. A trained psychologist based at University of Wisconsin has become the leader of a relatively new field called contemplative neuroscience, the brain science of meditation. Over the last decade, Davidson and his colleagues have produced scientific evidence for the theory that meditation which is the ancient Eastern practice of sitting and focusing on something, um, permanently changes the brain for the better. So in this article, it's pretty cool, there's a couple of brain scans showing how the brain changes as a result of meditation. They say that making a habit of meditation can strengthen brain circuits responsible for maintaining concentration and generating empathy. One of the recent studies um, took novice meditators, it stimulated their limbic system, which is the brain's emotional network, during the practice of compassion meditation. And compassion meditation basically wants to get you to be empathetic and um, find kindness and feel what they call in Buddhist meditation loving kindness. The study also found that expert meditators showed significantly greater activation of their limbic systems. The monks appear to have permanently changed their brains to be more empathetic. Fascinating, huh? An earlier study by some of the same researchers found that committed meditators experienced sustained changes in their baseline brain function, meaning they'd change the way their brains operate even outside of meditation. Okay, so there's a little bit more to this, but what I think is most interesting is we're looking at, in the previous article, the genes having some responsibility for your state of depression. Now we also know that what you focus on in your brain actually affects the gene in your cell. And Bruce Lipton has done a tremendous amount of research on this and shows that our genes are not fixed. They change based on what our environment is, what our thoughts are, how we behave, who we hang around with, and all of the things that are input into our brain. That results in us having a gene change. So depression, if they're finding that people who are very depressed have a gene that is responsible for that depression, well certainly you can't say that the gene caused the depression. The depression may indeed have caused the gene. Now we look at the meditation studies and of course there's plenty of research to show the effects of meditation and hypnosis and guided imagery and visualization on your brain, but what we're finding out 
um, from a scientific basis is that this is permanent change. That once you start changing that wiring, your brain changes in a way that affects your entire day. It isn't just during that time of meditation. So it's interesting in the meditation that they're using compassion meditation. And one of the interesting sessions that I have is called Karma of Kindness. And in that session, I'm having you imagine yourself um, being compassionate and understanding and really getting to relate to that person on their level and what they're going through. So now you're taking yourself outside of your own problems, troubles, judgments, and you're reaching out to this compassion and finding out what's happening with someone else and creating that connection we need to live a really happy, full life, right? Okay, now let's go back to the very beginning of this. Turn. <laughs> I like my iPad. It's very fun. Um, and remember this part that the psychologist Rollo May said that depression is the inability to construct a future. And I would certainly agree. People who are depressed are very much in the moment. I feel bad now. I'm going to feel bad the rest of the day. I feel so bad I can't even move. And you can't possibly think about constructing a future. You're so stuck in what's happening right now. So, you know, most of my work and what I talk to you about is focusing and directing your brain to create these neural networks that are about the future that you want, the future you, the future experiences, the future accomplishments, the moods, the attitudes, all of those things. So much of my work has been taking a person and putting them into their future at a time where they're feeling good again, where they're healthy again, where they have the kind of life that they want and they feel the rewards. As a result of that in the future, you also create beliefs. And those beliefs are these future beliefs that are a result of all the thoughts and experiences and all the things you're doing that brings you fulfillment in life. Now, when you create these false beliefs that are in your future, they do become beliefs now that your brain puts in that deepest place where you carry your core beliefs. And as a result of those beliefs, you create values that support the beliefs. Those values create behaviors. And those behaviors create the thought processes that you live with every minute of every day. So now, one way to do this is um, in my um, CD program called Future Timeline, or Timeline Journey, I'm sorry. The Timeline Journey, uh, it has a lot of stuff that works on your past timeline and your, um, your disappointments, failures, things in your past that are affecting you. Wow, the wind's really blowing outside. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's like, ooh, it's a crazy day around here in Boulder, Colorado. Anyway, back to this, all right. Now the future timeline takes you into different points in your future and you have created specific things that you want. You also, when you go into these future points, you discover things that maybe you weren't expecting. Certain feelings or accomplishments or, or just ways of seeing the world that you couldn't even conceive of right now. So now you put these points in time like um, like 30 days, 60 days, six months, one year, five years in the future, and you go and visit them. It's like you drop into them. Every time you do that, you are creating this neural network in your brain that's connecting up the emotions, the beliefs, the values, the friendships, the relationships, the accomplishments, the things that make you proud of yourself. And you are hardwiring your brain with an entirely new set of responses and feelings and attitudes. Now, before, when you were depressed, you only had the choice of your brain, thoughts, activities, and all of the focus of everything in your day going to this other neural network, which is sadness, depression, um, loss, 
embarrassment, humiliation, hopelessness, whatever it is. It only had that choice. It could only go there. But now we know that even by just imagining it, and this is the coolest part of the research, is that just by imagining these things happening, your brain starts to change. It's like an athlete who visualizes making baskets or visualizes a golf swing and they get so much better almost instantly because they built these neural networks. Now what I think is that it happens so fast uh, and it happens faster than we even can imagine it happening. That's why people get over depression so quickly or they get over their anxiety or they go like in one or two or three days all of a sudden their life changes and I also think that because the way that I create these programs um, I just infuse your brain and your soul and your core beliefs with all of the things that you need to create the most massive neural network and then create triggers that that trigger it so that you're operating off of those feelings and beliefs and thoughts and because of the way that I do it I think that it just happens so quickly and you know and it is like it is so amazing to me to get all of these emails from people like there's a girl who watches my YouTube videos in the morning and she put a comment on the one that's called change your luck and she said you know I'm so depressed I just cry all the time and the only thing that helps is in the morning when I first wake up I turn on your videos and I watch your videos on YouTube and she says and then I don't cry so much isn't that something? I mean, it's just, it, it is so possible to change something just from such a small amount of input like that. There was a man who said, emailed and said, um, thank you so much. I finally, after 20 years of my wife being so depressed, I finally had a conversation with her. He says, you can't believe how important that is. But in 20 years, I haven't been able to just have a conversation with her. She listened to your depression program, which is called My Life. And within a week, she's she's out of the darkness she's feeling good again and it's hard to imagine that 20 years of depression could you could create a positive effect in one week and this is why I really want you to open your eyes to antidepressants and taking drugs for everything when there is a solution that doesn't cost much and it's very simple um, it's just you need to be guided you can do some of it yourself yes you can learn meditation you can do some guided visualizations and you can do some of the work yourself but the big part of it is in you being guided by me so that you're getting absolutely the best experience of implanting these beliefs, finding out what the values are, and what is it that's the best thing about this experience three months in the future? What did, what did you just experience that you didn't expect that's better than you expected? When you let your mind be set up and infused with these thoughts and feelings, your brain changes and when your brain changes it changes the chemicals that flood your body when you change those chemicals you no longer are infusing your genes with the chemicals of depression there's these receptor sites on the cells and we're learning that receptor sites are the brain of the cell so these receptor sites suck in all the chemicals of depression and that's what feeds that gene that tells the gene how to code itself does it make sense? it's so cool, high five, yeah <laughs> I know I get excited about it because it's it's not really like it's this big breakthrough it's just that it's it's a breakthrough in our awareness of it being available to us and being simple so anyway I just really thank you for being here and I hope you'll spread the word and tell your friends to watch the video and tell your enemies to watch the video and make them into friends you never know 
And I want you to get the um, Timeline Journey program, that one. And there's another one, Happiness 101 and um, Sweet Surrender. Those are amazing programs that absolutely will shift your depression. I have no doubt about it that you will not be the same. You'll be better. <laughs> so I want you to be happy. I want you to have a few laughs, feel compassion, understanding, and empathy. I want you to live without anger. I want you to let things slide off of you. And I want you to feel really good in your life. So there's a good special if you go to that. Uh, there's a link right there. Um, or maybe not. I don't know where it is right now because I'm just making the video. But somewhere around here, there's a special. <laughs> and I would like you to uh, consider how special you are and how important it is and how much you deserve to feel really, really good. Thank you for being here. I'm Wendy Friesen from wendy.com. It's been great being with you. Bye-bye.